So it's your sports fix with the sports pulse. It's Devin Ashby, Dan Cusin. How you doing this week, Dan? Hey, what's up, man? How you doing? I'm doing well. Doing good. You know, it's Father's Day weekend, so just hanging out with the family members and whatnot. Oh, for um, sure. You know, so this this past week, a lot's been going on in the world again, and you know, the Washington Redskins have been pretty busy. They um took down a statue of George Preston Marshall. Right, right. And then at the same time, they um, retired Bobby Taylor's. I mean, uh, Bobby Mitchell. I, yeah, it was Bobby, Bobby Mitchell. Mitchell. I, was, yeah. I was mixing him up with Charlie Taylor. But they retired <laughs> Bobby Mitchell's number. The same week that, you know, they take down the statue of George Preston Marshall, who, for people who don't know, he was the person who originally named them the Redskins. You know, he was a very well-known racist. <laughs> like, right. he um, was the last... Owner. Yeah, the Washington Redskins were, if I'm not mistaken, the last uh, NFL team to uh, to to integrate. Uh, to integrate. Yeah, and so and they only did that because of like a government order to do it. Yeah, um, and, you know, like, and you hear a lot with the protests and everything, and and just the social unrest. That it's you know, it wasn't like um, desegregation happened because people decided it was by the court of law, basically like we, we can't have, we can't make, we have to make sure that everyone's equal, you know? And right. I think with the Washington Redskins, we, we've been hearing this for many years. Um, it comes in spurts and kind of phases. Um, sometimes I feel like it's an easy news grab. I, not to say like, I don't, I don't get caught up on the, uh, I understand that people think it's offensive, and I, I don't discount uh, how they feel about the team's name. But I also understand that we are in the media industry, and I think it's uh, uh, will-hanging fruit right now. Um, the Washington Post's editorial staff was like, look, you know, they made their stance about it. But, um, you know, at this point, it's inevitable that they're going to change a name because um, if they ever want to play in D.C. again, it, they can't be called the Washington Redskins. Yeah, that I I think like you said it it I do see that at one on one hand yes it is offensive and then on the other hand like you said it comes up a lot around this because like whenever you know like when the team was in 2012 when RZ3 was having his incredible rookie year you know the name change came up right. that time you know like it, it comes up every few years it's like a routine thing and yeah like you right. said I, I think. I, at some point, the name is going to change. I don't know if it's going to be when Dan Snyder's owner, or I don't know if it's going to be if he eventually sells the team. But yeah, it's definitely <laughs> a Snyder issue. Um, I mean, everyone knows he he you know he calls all the shots, and and he's adamant about being a lifelong Washington Redskins fan, loving the name, loving the team, loving the logo, everything about it. It's not just like he just bought the team and was like, oh, you know, he has a, a strong um, affinity for it. For the name, so whether it's racist or not, it's going to be hard for him to change it unless he doesn't see any way out. I think is really ultimately what it is, unless you, like you said, he does sell the team. Right, and part of the the name change being a thing is because of George Preston Marshall, because I think they were the Braves, they were the Boston Braves. Right, right. When That's he true. bought them in nineteen, right? I think it was in nineteen thirty-two or so, or in the thirties, something like that. Yeah, yeah. something like that. So he's he's part of the reason that they are named that, and so I mean it's part of his legacy, of course. You know? Yeah, I, I mean yeah, like I said, I, I think it's gonna be it's it's going to happen. Um, 
And, you know, and like I said, growing up, um, you know, my, my grandmother, my mom's side's part Cherokee. She loved the Redskins. Not saying that she, you know, is, she's a voice for, you know, Native right. Americans by any means. But it's just like in, in that household, um, you know, like the cat, like, like the cat, my, my grandfather was a Cowboys fan. So it was always like a funny thing, you know, like whenever they would play, it would be, a, you know, it was always, you know, they're talking trash and they're like, it's always, you know, the, everything that comes with that rivalry right. game. And, and, but it was, there was never any kind of like, I, it was, it was news to me. I was like, no, like it can't be, you know, but I mean, when you hear people really feeling, you know, like, um, that way, but I remember I, I did a, an assignment for the Baltimore sun, um, in Howard County. And it was, uh, uh, it was, I'm not sure what tribe it was, but it was a Native American tribe that w- that had, it was like a big get together. And, um, one of the, uh, the chief came up and he said, I just want to let everyone know that, you know, basically we don't rock with the Washington Redskins. We're not, we, we don't believe in that at all. Since I have a mic in my hand, we just, we don't, you know, we, we don't have a lot of voices heard. So we just want to say that. So when you see it firsthand, you start to realize it really isn't about how you feel as a fan. It's how right. it affects other people. And I think eventually that's, it's really going to, something will probably happen in, in the regards of changing the name. And it's not just the Redskins, obviously. We know most of, a lot of professional and college and even high school teams have, you know, imagery of Native Americans and, you know, the, the racial stereotypes and stuff. And, like, right. know, there have been calls for the Braves. You know, people right. want Tomahawk Chop to be banned. Right. But I, you know, I will say um, the Redskins logo, I, I've always thought was a proud uh, logo. I, I, I personally, I've always loved the logo. I, if it offends people, I understand that. But when I look at like the Cleveland Indians logo, I always, yeah, I was, I, I was always offended by it. Um, I was shocked for many years that as a child, I thought it was offensive. Like, yeah, like I literally look, was like, this is it, like a cartoon depiction. It, it's like, how is this like, okay? Right, like, and you know, for uh, you know, we grew up, we learned about like Sambo's. That that is basically a Sambo character. Like, right, that's, right. That's, I, I couldn't believe. Yeah. And the thing about a, a major league team, you know, making millions of dollars, you know, of transactions a year, and then just billions, whatever. Like, just all the the uh, authenticated and licensed gear and everything, and to be on national television. It's just crazy when you think about it, and they don't use the logo anymore, to my knowledge. Yeah, they, they banned it like twenty around twenty sixteen seventeen. Yeah, and and I was man, I was so happy when they did that because I, I felt like it was just like you know, I mean, it and was just so and, obviously bad, you know. And that's what I'm saying. Like, if baseball, which is, I mean, let's be honest, it's one of the whitest sports. Sure. Out of all the North American ones. Right. If, if I mean, like we're being other than maybe like hockey, but yeah, sure. Yeah, yeah, you know, one of them. I mean, you know, it's up there for golf. You know, but <laughs> and golf too. <laughs> that sport, and you know, and then and then NASCAR banning Confederate flag this past weekend. If these two sports can stand up and say, "Look, this is wrong, and this needs to be changed," I don't know what Dan Snyder's waiting on. Yeah, like that, that's the Confederate my flag thing. I think was was great. I mean, because you know, yeah. I'm not a NASCAR fan, but um, you know, I, you know, I let's be honest. I kind of know. You, you right. see on television, you know, there's a lot yeah. of people that you'll see on television. You're looking at them like, mm, you know, like kind of like mm, that person might be racist. I don't know. Like, yeah, like I see a Confederate flag. 
you know it's and one it's of just them like, sports, like you you see the guest stars they have you see the people they right, uh, right. promote and you just kind of put two and two together you know yeah i mean and for me like um i understand that the confederate flag to some people whether it's an excuse or whatever it is is you know there's like oh well, it's, we love the south and it's not about slavery no 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 but I'm like, it always is. It's always right, right. right. But if it's a part of the history and, you know, and the thing is, is like, this is the United States of America. You, we shouldn't be, <laughs> well, this is one way to, to clear any any argument, even for uh, a racist who says he's an American. It's like, you don't fly a rebel flag <laughs> in the United States of America, especially like, at yeah, a race. You know, like, so take yeah. racism, slavery, all that stuff out of there. You still wouldn't do that. So like, what? why what even saying. fly it, you know? The same thing with all these statues. It's like you you can't call Colin Kaepernick a traitor and then fly a Confederate flag. That right. That doesn't even that doesn't even you know like if you if you if history was being taught right, people would know that doesn't make sense. Well, I mean, with Kaepernick, you know, I'm at the point. I know you can't force owners to uh, you know bring in talent or do anything honestly other than what's in you know, negotiated in a CBA or whatever the rules are that are dictated by the league. Right. Or Players Association, but somebody's got to uh, sign this guy. You know, like, like I wanted to say hire because that's what I feel like. I feel like it's like, it's just like workplace discrimination. You know, it's like somebody yeah. just sign this guy, even if he's a backup. Because the thing is, even as a backup, I know, like, yeah, he's let, going let, to start eventually. Out. Right. Depending on what team he goes to. And then, plus, he's been out of the league three years. So I don't necessarily expect him to just light it up if he does get a chance to come back right but it, I, like I michael vick when he back. came back right i mean like they yeah. gave him a, another chance and you know and everyone geez i mean he he could have been like the worst man in the world in the, in the sports world at least i mean and he got another shot i mean colin kaepernick he didn't shoot anybody he didn't beat up any any you know animals he didn't do anything he didn't do right. anything like he, he just he just he was just being american like let this man play you know, right. and especially now that everybody seems to be coming around, like you got coaches, you got plenty of players. A lot of people that were originally not on his side are now talking about this year, assuming we have a season, because yeah, you know, it's we're going to get to that in a second. We're gonna oh. get to that in a second. But yeah. if we have a season, you got all these people saying, oh, I'm going to kneel this year and, you know, I'm going to do this and I'm going to do that. And, you know, so at this point, I mean, it is part of me is like it feels performative. But then the other part of me is like, this man really, we really might see him come back. You know what I'd love to see for Colin Kaepernick <laughs> is for him to actually have ownership of a team. Like if he ever oh, made oh, enough yeah. money to do this, where it's just like, oh no, I have a seat at the table now, you know, and just like, just make it just like ruin everything that's at the top of the, you know, yeah, uh, top yeah. of the food chain. You know, that would be, that would be the greatest thing in the world. You know, oh, I don't need to play be- now. it would be but just the only reason i can't see that happening is because the owners have to approve him like right you have to get like that would still be tough though like he needs a lot of money he would probably i mean i don't know how much he's i don't know what he's worth anymore but um, But he could put a bid in you know you could get a group of people together like remember when yeah you could he could have multiple people involved when the Panthers were on sale remember diddy made a big deal about yeah he's talking about trying to get him and cap was like i want in you know, yeah. you can do something like, like that. Yeah, you can't do that. So, you that know, like I said, that, I would NBA. love that. I don't even know if anyone's ever thought of that. Maybe there can't even make some calls because, like, <laughs> yeah. that would be awesome. 
<laughs> that's usually like an NBA, MLB thing. Like they they have groups who buy teams, whereas the NFL owners they like it being ownership of like one family. Yeah, they're, they're not they're not huge on having like oh the the so and so group purchased the team. Like that's not something you're going to see in the NFL. Well, just like lacrosse, like um, the P, it's a, a league called PLL. Um, mm-hmm. it, it you know MLL, the Major League Lacrosse uh, League, basically. Um, they had everything on lock. There were no, there was no competition. And then, um, you know, Rabiel, he was a former player. He he wanted to, he wanted to basically have stock in in MLL, and they basically said, nah, no. So he's like, all right, well, I'm just gonna pay my guys better. I'm gonna give them healthcare. I'm gonna go, you know, around the country, and you know, I'm, you know what, I'm gonna play on my team. I'm gonna go play on my own team. And he did everything. And he, and he provided value. So, like, right. if Colin Kaepernick could actually pull something like that off, I mean, it, be what, biggest, what would be better, you know? Right. Yeah. <laughs> but speaking of NFL and seasons, I am just, at this point, I'm, I'm totally prepared to just, just like we didn't see NBA, I'm totally prepared for no NFL. I'm totally prepared for no college. Down to the high school level, I'm totally prepared for nothing. Because... Now, every day at this point, you're, you're getting reports coming out. You know, LSU had a ton of players who were in quarantine. Right, Clemson right. had like 28 positive tests. You know, NFL, they said at least 10 teams have had one player test positive. And, you know, obviously they're not getting names. But, you, I mean, either, you know, it's just, it's just not looking good for the NFL. I don't know about these other leagues, but it's not looking good for the NFL and college. And they still believe that they're going to have fans for the first preseason game, which I'm like, how? You oh, have nothing. They, hmm? I swore I saw something that said the governor said there won't be. Well, game. well, initially, at least last week, I, I thought I saw a report that they were the, the Hall of Fame game. They were they were planning on having fans maybe that but again like the thing is is like even with mlb commissioner going from saying like a hundred percent that the league will be will uh, be back and then he turns around like i don't know how do you go from a hundred percent to i don't know so it's just the coronavirus is i mean just from a global standpoint we don't know anything about what's good what our future as a human race is going to be let alone sports so everyone's playing it by ear right now. Do I think the NFL will come back with fans? No, because I, I nothing. I mean, if if I were a betting man, I wouldn't put money on that with with no plan, with no pre thought. There's there's no there's no plan that's laid out to show me to make me feel confident that it's going to happen. Right, and even with players, because I mean, if you if you got ten players who are testing positive, I mean, the NFL more than these other sports is a very, like, you're, you know, all the tackling, you know, you're lined up next to each other on the line. It's, it just... Well, did you see the helmets, the COVID uh, helmets that they're trying to push? Yeah, I saw that. It looked like yeah. something out of Halo. Yeah, it, it literally <laughs> did. And, and um, you know, Dwayne Haskins was like, nah. Like, there's a lot of players that were like, mm-mm. Because, so, you know, and you know what that is? It's not because of um, aesthetics. It's, we don't feel comfortable. You know, like, I don't. Yeah, I don't think these players feel like they're being protected because it's about the dollar now. Right. Yeah. And that's that's kind of what Kyrie Irving has been talking about in the NBA. It's like, I mean, on top of not feeling protected, this just doesn't seem like the right time to try to bring stuff back because of just everything going on. I mean, you got right. COVID. 
which is bad enough. And then you have, you know, the, the social unrest. And I right. mean, it's just <laughs> like. And plus that's spreading COVID as well, whether, you know, not, and I'm not discounting the cause by any means, but obviously being that close together everywhere around the world that's happening, not just in DC. Right. Yeah. I mean, like we're in like a perfect storm now and it's, it's crazy. Like, to, like, to, yeah. to kind of pinpoint what's going to happen next. Like, yeah, this is, you know, as much as people used to try to be like, oh, keep college, politics out of sports, you literally yeah. cannot do that anymore. <laughs> you absolutely can't. No. This is, this is like the best time in the world of sports. And, like, if, if there's ever a time to prove that sports and politics mix, it is the era we are in right now. Like, yeah, well, I mean, that's like saying, you know, I mean, like. I don't even remember it, talk about this in history books. Well, it's like saying, like, if you're going to say politics and sports don't mesh up, then what about capitalism and, and, and health, you know, right. like with sports? I mean, how does that work? Because you can't tell me that all these owners, I mean, I'm not going to name names, but there's a lot of them that are just going to say, screw it. We're going to do what we need to do because we got to pay our bills. Right. You know, and if I'm a player, I'm not going to risk, you know, don't forget, these players come home to their wife, kids, maybe family members. You know, uh, you know who who wants to come home after you know uh, practicing, and you know their their father passes away from it because he might have received it from another player. Like like this is still real. Like I know right. like numbers have been changing, they've been spiking, going down different areas, but this is this is a new normal. So in, until we have like a firm um, kind of outline of of what we need to do in the sports world, because this isn't just NBA, NFL. This is all together. Unless we can figure out if it's a money issue or a health issue, that's where we need to kind of find some common ground. And right. that's what's the biggest issue. And that's why the MLB is kind of like, that's why it's, the proposals are, were weak. And not only that, it was just like, I don't even know if they want baseball right. back in a weird way, which is odd to me because they're, they're not, historically, they're not doing well and they're not bringing in new fans. So, you know. Like, yeah, we saw... And speaking of that, um, the, the documentary Long Gone Summer uh, that aired this past mm -hmm. weekend was talking about it. You know, in 94, they had the strike, and that was the first season since, like, the first World War that there wasn't a World Series played. And right. it killed the game for, like, three years until it took that 98 home run race between Sosa and McGuire to even bring fans back. And it wasn't doing well back then. Now, right. this is some, like they said, the World Series between the Nats and the Houston Astros was the lowest ever viewers. Like, and that's funny because you, know? you think of the Nats coming back from the dead. You know, you would right. think with that big run, even people outside of this, you know, the DMV would be like, whoa, this is crazy. You know, this is a great sports moment. They still didn't, you know, tune in. Like, yeah, you know, the Cubs won first time in 100 years. And it's like outside of the sport, you wouldn't really, you know. That's a huge well, moment, of course. It's similar to the Lance documentary in regards to, um, I feel like a lot of people were turning their heads to what Lance was doing, but they also knew that he was saving the sport. Mm -hmm. And I think that's kind of what happened with Sammy and, and Mark McGuire. And again, people forget about Ken Griffey Jr. in that race, but baseball right, really, really needed that. That was like the defibrillator for, for the league. Right. Um, and, and like I said, and when you were watching it, people that didn't even watch the game or knew anything about baseball, they were so captivated by the storyline and how everything was kind of, kind of just you know who was going to win it. It was changing, you know, 
every hour, you know, he's like, oh, you know, he's close, you know, like who's going to really win it? You know, it got to the point where like it was with him four home runs, and it's like ah. So and like, it was like Mark won it, and and then Sammy came all the way back right, and, and then Sammy and just went on the tear, <laughs> and Sammy almost won it because remember the day of, um, he hit the sixty seventh or sixty eighth home run of the season and passed Mark, like while yeah. he was having like a really bad game that game, <laughs> yeah. so he had the lead, and that was like the only time he had had the lead. And then Mark got it right back, like maybe thirty minutes later, and then didn't look back from there. It's funny that Sammy he still he will not he will not admit you know, you know that he he was doping or whatever you know it's just kind of yeah I mean he's just kind of like well I didn't know and even with the even with the corking of the bat he's kind of like he didn't know even with in the Jeremy Schapp interview he did. A yeah, while back, he's like, yeah, I don't know, buddy, I don't know. Like, no, dude, like, like you know what happened. Like, if you didn't do it physically, somebody you knew within the organization, maybe a bat boy did it or something. And that's or, what he or, said. He said that's the only time he's ever gotten caught with that bat, which is part of the reason he doesn't say, "Oh, I'm a." Ch-. And Chicago has like totally cleaned their hands of him. Like they won't yeah. have anything to do with him until they feel like he will come clean about it. Which is interesting because I'm like, I mean, it's one thing because, you know, eventually Mark McGuire eventually said, yes, I I did it. You know, Barry Bonds eventually admitted, I think, I'm pretty sure he did, that he he did it. You know, all these guys who got caught. I mean, you know, Jose Canseco went all the way to Congress with it, you know? Yeah. so yeah, I mean, I mean yeah, and, it was, and, it, and to be still, clear, yeah, it was a bunch of dudes that, that were doing it. Roger Clemens, Rafael yeah, Palmero, um, you know, like it was the league, you know, like like and but like in the documentary, it was kind of stated like, yeah, but there really wasn't any kind of rules about you know this you know specific you know steroid. Right. It's kind of like, and it's, it's weird because it's like, and with Mark, it's like, yo, he admitted, look, I'm using this, it's legal. I used it before. It, there's no, like you said, there's no rules against it. He admitted. He came out and said that. You know, right. so, I mean, people trying to say, oh, he's a liar and he's this and he's that. It's like he told y'all that he right. was doing this. Well, I think he's a like, lot of that had to come with the heat that came in the pressure. Um, right. And, 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 and the thing about steroids I don't think a lot of people understand, and I'm not condoning the usage of them, but is steroids won't make you hit 400-foot home runs. This they just won't. Was, this is what I told. This is what I was telling somebody. I was like, well, I tell people this all the time with, with the case with Barry. First of all, he was a Hall of Famer before the steroids. Yeah, secondly, sure, sure. <laughs> secondly, even when he started using them, steroids don't improve like your plate discipline. You know, right. like you don't improve your ability to see a strike versus a ball. You right. Know, you still have to connect. You still have to connect on your own. Right, right. Steroids doesn't change that. Yeah, so, it doesn't help your eye coordination. And honestly, uh, steroids can affect players negatively too. It's right. not always a positive effect, you know, because like, you will yeah. get bulkier. You you will your body will change, and then you will have to figure out how to adjust with your new body, right. the same body that you played with from p you know t ball to to through college and in the pros. Now you got to figure out well. What do, what do I do? How how am I supposed to you know interact with myself and how I my training regimen and how I lift weights and all these things? And Sammy, how I eat. 
Sandler was talking about. He he used to he was very careful with his diet. You know, like he 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 didn't eat a lot of you know junk food and stuff. He was very conscious of that. And plus, people are gonna say, well, his body changed from when he was first in the league. Well, yeah, he I didn't feel like it changed much old. though. Like I I saw that and I was like, yeah, he was kind of a beanpole when he came into the league. But I mean, but I'm like, he was 19. He's 19 and he's from the Dominican Republic, you know? Like, it's not like it was easy, you know? (laughs) Yeah, you saw his background. You saw, like, I mean, he was working at seven years old, making a dollar shining shoes. Like, it's not like they had a lot of money coming in. Yeah, I mean, (laughs) that's, yeah, like I said, it wasn't like he he, he had a silver spoon in his mouth when he came into the league. He worked hard and he did what he needed to do. Um, As far as, like, Sammy being um, kind of dismissive of, you know, I'll put it this way. Sammy made a comment like, well, there's a lot of guys that admitted it and they don't talk about them, but they all come to me. And it's true. I feel like Sammy Sosa does get a lot of flack for that. Um, and Mark McGuire, just because because of the moment. It's because of the historical moment that everyone yeah. felt like, yes, baseball's back. This is great. And then they felt bamboozled. That's what makes it different. Now, everyone else, it's kind of like, yeah, well, boys will be boys. What makes that different? You know, like, because yeah, they that, and then the fact that, especially with Sammy more so than Mark. Mark, you know, the 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 Cardinals treat him great. You know, he's in the Cardinals Hall of Fame in 2017. You know, they they love him. You know, like, but only after he admitted it, though. Right, that's the thing. The Cubs don't want nothing to do with Sammy, and I think part of it also is because. You know, Dominican players get a little bit of a more of a shorter leash. Like people, you know, they 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 get accused of stuff, and you know, they're considered disrespecting. Like it's a lot of stereotypes involved. Yeah, baseball that. has weird rules. Like like in general, like the yeah. bat flip. You know, like oh, all the everyone from each bench is going to start a, a massive brawl because the dude flipped the bat. Well, maybe if he didn't throw a fat, you know, 80 mile per hour fastball down the middle, I wouldn't have crushed it. You know, <laughs> like, or like, you know, Acuna, he's big with wearing his big chains during games. Right. And I remember an announcer was talking about, man, I would beat him in the head if I was pitching today. And I'm like, over a chain? Well, I mean, like, back, like, like <laughs> when I played baseball, at least in high school, we, we couldn't wear, you know, like, you know, I had silver chains and stuff, you know, like, yeah. I, I, they, I couldn't wear them and you couldn't wear rings and stuff. And the pros, you know, and I feel like in college you could. I don't I have to go back and look. I don't know. I don't watch a lot of college baseball. But, in, like, the pros. I personally, I'd yeah. do it just because it just doesn't make sense to me because it can easily break, you know. Yeah. Like, just you can get hurt. Like, I mean, any number of things can happen, especially the amount of money it costs to get a new one or to get it replaced. Like, it doesn't make sense to me personally. But, yeah, I mean, but like in the pros, you could wear them. I mean, yeah. um, and, and the thing is, is like I, I'm more shocked that players are allowed to chew to uh, not tobacco, but um, you know the, the chewing gum. It's like you know running full speed. I've seen players, I've seen great plays, with dudes in the outfield running full speed, chewing gum at the same time making a play. And it's just kind of like, how do you not choke the gum? It's like it's like, just you like know, all the talks about walking and chewing gum at the same time. Yeah, they out here running and chewing gum at the same yeah. time. You know, it's just like I think the thing you know, and like you said, disrespectful to wear a chain. Like you're, you're gonna baseball. beam a guy. You're gonna beam a guy, which is should be ridiculous in the first place. Like remember, the- watch, 
Juan Soto and the whole Soto shuffle thing and how right. how like agitated St. Louis pitchers were over that. And I'm just like, baseball has got some of the most sensitive, like the weirdest people. Yeah, I don't get those rules. And it's, it's funny so because yeah. and they're unwritten. And, they're and unwritten. the funny thing is no one knows why it just gets passed down. I don't like get it. At least the <laughs> NBA actually instituted a dress code. <laughs> like, you know, as well. As, that was that that that, that was. <laughs> I'm glad you no, brought I'm that saying, up. I mean, I'm saying like the point. I'm saying it was it was crap. Their reasoning, but right. at least you know at least put it in writing. Don't be getting mad right. that somebody's breaking an unwritten rule. If yeah, not, if, it, if it's not on paper, it don't matter. Don't get mad at Allen Iverson for wearing, having cornrows and right. and, wear, and, and wearing and wearing clothes that everyone like. I was wearing in high school. Everyone was mm-hmm. wearing, like, like it's just like. So my thing is, what I love about the NBA now is that I think a lot of the players remember that still, because you see them dapper. They are dressed to the nines, and you know what? It's a it's a big f u to. <laughs> now silver's great, but I'm just saying from the previous administration, it's yeah. like, no, you don't want me to dress the way I dress. You don't like me because of who I am and what I represent. But this is the league, and you're not going to change me. Did and they ever, like, did they ever take that rule down, or are they just kind of softer on it now? Um, I'm pretty sure it's not around anymore, and I think that was even pre-silver. Uh, I'd have to go back. I don't want to, you know, spout wrong information, but right. the the thing is, is like, because I'm like the way some of these dudes dress now. Yeah, considering what they were saying, the dress code was supposed to be. Right. Yeah, like, it makes me smile. Like I remember, yeah. I remember when it started happening because it it it, it wasn't just oh we're just gonna dr-. no it was like you you think I look like a quote unquote thug it's like and we know what you mean by that it's like mm-hmm. okay great you know what I'm gonna dress and I, in the, that's right. what I'm gonna do. I'm gonna and I'm gonna oh don't worry about the role no I'm gonna still do this because you know. And you get fixed, like, like, I'm like, trying to keep my language clean on this podcast, but yeah, it was just one of those things. Is like it yeah. angers me and it angered the players. It's just like we know why you did that. Don't act like it was something else. Right, like, <laughs> like you know, yeah, we we know what it was. We we know, and then the way people talked about it, and just yeah, y'all were, you know, and now you get guys like Russ. That's why I love Russ because of what he wears. You know, he doesn't care. Yeah, come out there in a. You know, you know. Yeah, yeah. I mean, but like I said, and and like when when he was being goofy and he wore the photographer vest and stuff. I love that because like because the thing is, and like sometimes it'll either be dressed, dressed, you know, like like you're you're going to a business meeting or it'll just be ridiculous. And I like that because it's like don't take away the individuality of the game because that's what really because you have to remember, though, it wasn't just the thing of like Alan because Alan Iverson was really he had a lot, you know, like I said. He had a lot of flavor. He liked, you know, everyone loved him. He was a, a cultural icon. Right. And the tattoos. We don't like the tattoos. All these things. It was new. They didn't like that. The league was like, no. But the thing, but the mouse in the palace happened. And that's when everything broke open. We can't right. have players out here beating up people, coming, you know, coming to the games, you know, dressing like they just got off the street playing pickup ball. It's like, oh, so it's that. So it's right. like, okay. But you didn't have problems before, right? Right? You know, it's just like so. Now it's an issue. Like, 
So, yeah, I mean, that's the thing. It's like perception is reality. And, you know, I'm glad that that's one of one of the things I'm glad that, you know, the league, as far as a role, I don't think there is a role anymore, if I'm not mistaken, because no one's ever mentioned it. Like you said, Russ, Russell Westbrook came in in a freaking photo vest and would wear these ridiculous, fun outfits, you know? Like, I remember and, he had, like, a whole tatted shirt, like, all his just midriff was out. And yeah. I'm like, I know that ain't, I mean, that ain't, and it, that's not a, football jersey but i know that's not in the rules either right right <laughs> like, but you could tell everyone's having fun with it and it's right. like it's almost like and again when we talk about baseball unwritten rules i think that was an unwritten rule of the nba it's like we didn't forget you know so right. we're gonna have fun with it or we're gonna yeah. dress like ridiculously well and and, and you make and you're gonna hate it you know like <laughs> it's just right. you have nothing to say now you know and then people have like the statements too like when uh what's his name terry um rosier wore the Drew Bledsoe, right, right, like you know, yeah, stuff like that. So it's it's gonna be interesting, you know. We're it's it's a weird time we're in, but um, yeah, I think we covered everything this week. I got the documentary, I got NBA, NFL. We got, I think we got everything. Yeah, um, just hoping sports will kind of get back to normal. But again, only if it makes sense, you know. I love sports, you love sports, you know, like, um, I, I make my living in the sports industry. But at the same time, um, I, I think, you know, where it becomes, where it's a line of health and capitalism and where's, where's that boundary, hopefully um, we'll, we'll get more answers. College football, on kind of like a last, last note thing, college football is really going to determine everything, in my opinion. One, it, it's not far away. They're, they're, you know, a lot of the teams like University of Maryland, they're doing all the COVID procedures. But I'm telling you, college football is bigger in this country than people really believe it is, like sometimes. <laughs> and yeah. if they can't get fans or students or whatever, you can't fill that student section up, everything is going to fall apart. So yeah. I don't think the NFL has to worry about anything. I think they're in a cushy position right now because they can just sit back and watch. And though they do have to make decisions in the background, it's it's not going to be easy, but they do have the benefit of looking and be like, see, see, they didn't do it right. Now the NBA, they're not out of the, they're in hot water still. Players are still, you know, they're they're kind of like talking about the whole bubble situation. They're, everyone's like, ah. you know, that's that's going to be tough. Right. So we'll see. Um, I, I'm hopeful that we'll have sports, but um, I'm not going to hold my breath. We'll still have stuff to talk about, um, you know. But um, right, yeah, there are other things, yeah. Yeah, but um, you know, of course I love sports. I want to get it going, but um, I think it has to make it make sense. And and once we get to that point, I think we'll be okay. For sure. Um, sure. but yeah, so yeah, that's that's pretty much that's it for this week. Um, this is uh, your sports fix on the Sports Pulse. Uh, Devin Ashby, Daniel Keeson Jr. Thanks again for uh, listening and following us, and uh, we'll, we'll talk to you and uh next week, and and hope you have a good week uh, coming up. Yeah. See y'all next week. <laughs>